Greetings, listeners. This is another edition of the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. I am Kyle Bird. I am your host, and with me is my co-host. Matt Parmley. And we are joined by a very special guest today. Um, We are thrilled to have with us Mr. Ron Bonk, who, if you do not know, um, he runs SRS, or Sub Rosa Cinema, um, which is a little... um, uh, home video label that puts out a lot of low budget on uh, obscure movies and lately uh, especially of interest to our listeners has been kind of uh, running with uh, the flag in terms of putting out some lesser known indie kaiju and tokusatsu titles here stateside including uh, Rago Raiga and just this week um, shipments for uh Rago versus Oga have been received. Mine should be coming either probably tomorrow, actually. Yeah, um, mine will be here Saturday, yeah. I think. Um, an Attack of the Giant Teacher, and then also in the near future, Norman England's The Idol. Um, so, first of all, Ron, uh, thank you so much for being the 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 one to really kind of run with these titles. I mean, you're 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 doing the Lord's work. <laughs> Well, um, thanks for supporting them. Uh, I mean, it really helps. They've been fun to do. Um, and, you know, I, I like bringing obscure movies, you know, in front of people. But they've been extra fun to do these because the fans of these types of movies actually have been, you know, by and large, super supportive of them, of them and, and excited about them. Yeah. Um, and, I, I mean, it's it really helps getting this stuff seen here because... I mean, there, there, there's so much beyond Godzilla and Gamera and, and Ultraman, right. and um, a lot of people don't realize that really since the mid-2000s, there have been a lot of kind of indie things being made in, in Japan, and uh, with Attack of the Giant Teacher and Oga, I mean, the, you got those put out here before they even got a release in Japan. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, and I don't know what the release plans are over there, so I'm not sure. I mean, maybe you guys know. I'm not sure they even yeah. have a release schedule. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know that they have a distro over there yet at all. So again, I mean, you're you've been really a hero for those of us who want to, you know, explore the genre beyond you know the the mainstream stuff, um, which has kind of been. Uh, your mo so um kind of going back all the way (laughs) um uh do you prefer to call it srs or sub rosa um srs is fine okay well um so srs you you made their name releasing shot on video and micro budget films usually horror films um correct for those who don't know and and i'm like a horror geek myself so i've seen a lot of those like shot on video um uh, kind of titles even yeah. um but but what drew you to that world what what exactly was the origin of getting this started and you know what what drew you to those shot on video films and i mean how did you discover those and you know how did you end up building a a, a distribution label around that uh well i mean i started off as a shot on video filmmaker um, I was among, you know, the groups in the 90s, the group in the 90s that was, you know, shooting on analog video, consumer brand, you know, camcorders and releasing these movies. And 
you know, when I made my first, you know, um, feature, there wasn't really any distribution options out there. There was like two companies that distributed them. One was um, getting out of the business. The other one was, um, uh, you know, had a really bad reputation. So I was like, I'll I'll release this myself. I'd rather, uh, I'd rather release myself and not make any money than give it to someone else and have them never pay me any money. So, uh, you know, I started release my own stuff and then, uh, to you know, I was doing was putting the effort in. I was like, well, I'll pick up some other titles. Some other filmmakers saw my ads, um, like in the you know the magazines and stuff, and they approached me to carry their stuff as well. And and it just grew from there. And now, um, you know, I was kind of aware. I was aware of you know, like indie movies in general. You know, like I was a big fan of exploitation movies, stuff like that. But until. Uh, I started exploring the option of making movies on analog video. I hadn't really discovered that there was already, you know, a ton of movies being made on that format. And as I, as I watched more of those movies and I got to know the filmmakers, you know, I really fell in love with them and wanted to champion them and support them. Even if a lot of times it meant that the movies would never make any money. I mean, a lot of, even still today, you know, sometimes they're just a labor of love, these indie horror movies uh, or indie movies in general. Um, because they can be tough sells. Uh, you know, the kaiju movies are doing better than the horror movies do, um, by and large. But uh, but even then, sometimes when I get some people who watch these, they're expecting, um, like, Godzilla, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, last year, you know, <laughs> right, King yeah. of the Monsters, or they're, <laughs> they're even expecting, you know, uh, Godzilla, you know, 1960s, you know, special yeah. effect. Sometimes they don't even reach, you know, that level. Um, they, but they, but they have their charm. I really enjoy them. I'm a big fan of uh, monster movies, especially giant monster movies. And to be able to release these um, uh, is such a high mark, you know, in my distribution career, as far as I'm concerned. I'm just, I'm really proud of them. Um, I love Shinpai's movies. I think they're hilarious. I, I love the effects. I love the uh, the efforts you know that he goes to um, to make these movies. Same with Attack of the Giant Teacher. It's such a charming movie. Um, uh, uh, of all of them, it, it could possibly be my favorite because it, there's just so much. There's like a cute sort of sense of humor to it that it just makes it um, you know just a consistently enjoyable watch. Um, but, but again, they, I'm kind of getting long winded with my answer here, but they, they just, they fit in perfectly for, you know, what came before with me and the types of movies that I liked. I I love the independent spirit. Yeah. I always said, I mean, even, even a, even a, an indie movie that doesn't really work all the way to me is always more interesting than the big multi-million dollar movie that sucks you know i'd rather watch something that you know something someone made with pocket change on the weekends and during off time from their day job that you know might not completely work but has a little bit of charm like i i'm always more drawn to that stuff than stuff that just has these unlimited resources they have more heart than you know like a like a soulless big budget movie and i love hollywood movies too i love all types of types of movies but you're right sometimes you watch a certain movie and it just fails, and you can tell, like, no one really gave a shit making it. Yeah. But with the indie movies, you know, by and large, uh, I mean, you get occasional guy who's doing, like, a cash grab and thinks he's going to make a million dollars off it, you know, his indie movie. But by and large, these guys are making him purely out of love of the genre or a love of, um, uh, of, of a certain type of movie. So, 
you know, you can just you just pick that up off these movies that they're they're not doing it necessarily, you know, for some big payday or to get discovered or stardom. They're just doing it because they have a tale to tell and they want to pay homage to the movies they love the most. Yeah. Um. So speaking of kind of going back to the the DIY horror filmmakers, um, you did su- you put out some titles from the Polonia Brothers. What was your rela- yeah. relationship with with them like? Um. I mean, I, before uh, John, you know, the one brother passed away, mm-hmm. I only met them in person a couple of times. It was pretty funny. I always mix them because <laughs> they look so much alike. Um, but um, but I, I mean, I loved their attitude. They're, they're, they're usually like the, the prime example of who I'll point to when I talk about, you know, the, the, their hearts being bigger than their budgets in terms of making these types of movies. Um, they, they wear their love for certain types of movies, especially horror movies, but like say like slasher movies or whatever, and each particular project, you can see, you know, where the inspirations came from. And, uh, um, and, okay. So I don't want to get too much off the sidetrack, but so as far as relationship goes, um, Mark and I, um, chat more and more, uh, nowadays, not that we chat that much, but we've worked on more projects directly together, uh, in recent years, um, you know, I produced a few that he made for me or released um, all his like early movies that had never been released. So, I mean, but it's always been a great relationship. Mark uh, gets the business. He understands that there's not a ton of money in it. He just loves making movies. So it makes it super easy to work with him because he's usually not let down, <laughs> you know, as long as uh, he gets some money to make the movie. Um, or even sometimes if he just gets a release for the movie and gets the fans to respond to it, he's happy. You know, if he makes some money on top of that, then awesome. But if he doesn't, it's not like, you know, he's going to, you know, threaten to sue every distributor out there and try to take them to court or just stop making movies. He'll keep, he'll keep pushing along, you know? We're about wrapped up on the horror stuff, but I got to ask, um, you released a few titles that were, uh, um, with um, John Russo, for anyone who might not know, oh, yeah. creator of Night of Living Dead. What, 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 what was your relationship with him like? How did you, you know, how did that get going? Um, I, I had reached out to him years ago. You know, I found his um, address like uh, in a book. I think it was in the Making Movies book, possibly. And I wrote to him, you know, expressing that I was a fan of Night of Living Dead and his and his other movies uh, like Midnight and. Uh, and he was doing a filmmaking seminar, so he sent me some information. I said, why don't you come out to this filmmaking seminar I was doing? It was like the first year he did it. He did a few more after that. Um, so I went out to it, um, and, and it was it was, it was was uh, was excellent. There was a lot of great info. That's where I first learned about the shot and video movies that were being made and distributed. So uh, after that, I would run into him at the conventions. Um, and... Um, you know, we touched base and talked a little bit more each time and became closer and closer friends and, and gradually just became good friends. Um, I would send him my movies and they were done. He was a big fan of Clay. A movie that I made gave me a great quote for it. gave me a quote from Miss Campbell Holocaust. Um, I got him to start coming to Scaricon, um, where I run the film festival there. So we would often hang out after because there'd be like a VIP party or sometimes we'd grab dinner. Actually, pretty much every time we do the VIP party Friday night um, and then go to the um, um, to the bars after and drink and 
and he's he's a great character he's so funny like when he gets drunk he'll start dancing um <laughs> he loves when the woman will flirt with him um and then we'd grab dinner the next night and sometimes he'd have some of the other crew with him and they would tell stories about uh night of living dad you know being on set or even just other stuff in their life um uh george uh, the guy who played the sheriff he had some great stories like uh, um, him behind the scenes was so much more fun than him at the table just talking about Night of the Dead. He had so many crazy stories. But anyway, so, you know, John is uh, probably the closest thing to uh, a mentor I've had in this business. And um, and he's just he's just a real good friend. Okay, yeah, that's great. I, I, I met him once years ago, only for a fleeting moment, but he, he was he was very nice. Um, yeah, he's so, great. Dude. Super yeah. friendly. Um, so I'm going to pivot to Matt since I've been running my mouth enough uh, for now. <laughs> okay. So you mentioned when uh, at the very beginning that you, you've directed your own films. What <laughs> made you want to direct your own micro-budget horror films? Was there anything in particular that drove you that direction? Um, I had gone to school for accounting first and decided to want to do that. So I, after two years, I got my uh, associates. I shifted over to criminal justice, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And my younger brother was taking some film and video classes in his first year of college. I was like, I should have been doing that all along. You know, I had never considered the option of maybe going to film school or anything like that. So after my fourth year of school, um, I took a fifth year and went back to school and just took classes I wanted to. And I took some film and video classes out at um, Monroe Community College. Uh, or they were TV. They were in film classes. I took a couple film classes at Brockport, but very little stuff. It was just like, you know... I'm not going to go back to school for four more years. I'm just going to go out and learn how to do this. And, uh, but I had grown up. I loved movies. Movies were a big part of my life. Um, as a kid, I didn't have a video camera or anything like that, but we would act out movies all the time there. Uh, my mom used to babysit these kids across the street and they would the type of kids who'd get to see the movies like 12 times in the movie theater. So they came over and, told us about Jaws, and then they told us about Star Wars, and they told us about Alien, and we would sit there and act out the movies and then make up our own sequels and and um, or do our own, um, you know, takes on, on their tales. Like, we changed stuff about them, you know, maybe Quinn didn't die, or, or maybe <laughs> Ash was reprogrammed into a good guy, you know, something like that. And, um, uh, and eventually I started making up my own ideas, and we'd act out those movies and had all this list of these movie ideas. So it made it made more sense, like in terms of just kind of moving around and trying to figure out what I wanted to do the rest of my life and not getting stuck at the desk. I was like, you know, I'd, I'd like to try to pursue being a filmmaker. Um, and then everything just kind of fell into place. You know, I wasn't sure how I was going to get one hundred thousand dollars minimum. Everyone told me to shoot on film. And then I, I, I thought, like, maybe I could shoot, you know, on a camcorder. And I remember at school saying that to one of my friends and he was like oh no no you got to shoot on film can't shoot on camcorders and sure enough when i went to russo's filmmaking seminar there was a jr bookwalter was there and he was making movies on um analog video and, and releasing them and i was like oh so i can do this and i can make and he was making them for like 3500 or less and i was like geez i could raise 3500 on my own and make my movies my way exactly how i want to make them i can learn the tools of the trade um, you know, and, and that's what I did on my first one. I went out and did everything that was involved in it. Like I did the special effects, the sound, everything it came out horrible, of course. But, but I but I learned all those different aspects of making a movie and then, you know, proceeded from there. Um, it, it, you know, basically being out in the field has been my film school. And 
and all my projects I've been releasing for people to see. What advice would you actually give people that are trying to break into the film industry, starting small? Like anything you would tell them in, uh, in particular? Uh, it's my advice is strictly for you know people who want to venture out and are, you know be micro budget independent. Because I've spoke in a number of different places. I've been invited to speak, and I remember I spoke at this one college. It was like a film college. And, I was talking about what I uh, I did, and they looked at me like, "What the fuck is this guy here? <laughs> we don't want to do any of this. We want to work in Hollywood, you know." So, if you want to work micro budget indie, um, you know, you get the you know get your hands on a camera and start shooting as soon as possible. I wish I'd shot sooner. Um, don't be afraid to take chances. Uh, you know, beg, borrow, and steal. You know, to get it made as cheaply as possible to start, and and as you as you're um, talent grows and as your projects grow and your name grows then you could start to expand you know um, getting real actors or, or hiring you know specific people who are um, skilled in their fields definitely get good sound um, uh, but really just you know get out there and practice you don't need to go to film school watch a lot of movies read a lot of books um, uh, watch a lot of videos you know anal that analyze movies um, start to develop your style and just, uh, you know, plan on putting your full, you know, heart and soul into it. If you, you know, if you go out there and think you're going to half-ass it, um, you're going to be surprised. Like um, the, the first movie that I made city of the vampires wasn't my favorite script. I'd written two scripts at the same time. And I was like, Oh, you know, if I screw the project up, at least it's the script I don't like as much. And then it was so much work. And I was just like, you know, I wish I'd started with the, with the, you know, the, the, script i preferred of the two you know the one they thought it was better so you know really make sure you know you've you've written that script as good as you can be your own you know harshest critic and prepare to like you know go into battle that's going to drain <laughs> you'll lose a ton of weight and sleep and and you'll go a little bit crazy but it's so much fun it's definitely a lot of fun that's great advice um you of course wrote and directed house shark and yep. srs has released bad cgi shark so what is your fascination with absurd shark movies <laughs> uh you know i always i always wanted to make my own sequel to jaws and i had been trying to think of a like you know, i was gonna I, one time years ago i started working on a script it wasn't sequel to jaws but a shark movie that was a serious one and then i started thinking like how could i do a serious like shark movie here you know, in my area, I was like, maybe I could shoot on Lake Ontario because you can look across Lake Ontario and you can't see across. You know, so it could look like the ocean. And I started seriously kind of debating it. And then one night I had this idea of doing, a, a, you know, a, a spoof shark movie, a, you know, a movie about a shark in a house. And I was like, I'll just, you know, I'll use Jaws as the blueprint and, and play, you know, pay homage to that. And, I, you know, I love Jaws. It's one of my top you know, five movies of all time. Anytime it's on, I come across, I could sit and watch it again and not be bored. I can always learn something new from it. It's really like one of the perfect movies that are out there. Um, but I also liked, um, you know, I'd like the other shark movies that came out as well. You know, not only um, after, but, you know, till this day, I can be a fan of a Sharknado. It may not among my top movies, but I can watch it and enjoy it or, or Deep Blue Sea. But what I actually really loved was this, the um, right, right after Jaws came out, there was all these other sort of like nature gone wild movies like Grizzly and Alligator uh, and, and Piranha. And I love those movies a lot. Orca. Mm -hmm. I love those movies actually more than the other shark movies by and large that have come out since. So 
and I like Jaws too a lot too. But I mean, I'm talking about like the the Jaws, you know, like the, the shark specific ones. Um, um, so doing you know something along those lines. I was also a fan of a movie called Blades, which is basically Jaws in a golf course. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. That's the what the lawnmower, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I mean, Jaws is the reason I love shark movies. Uh, you know, if it was for these other ones, I would still, you know, love shark movies. I've been fascinated by sharks, but but Jaws sort of, sort of elevates it to a new level. Um, so, I mean, that's where it came from. Just wanted to make a shark movie, and I'd love to do another one, you know, someday. I'm not. I'm trying to venture away from doing, you know, like the the the, the comedic type horror movies, and um, and that like Jaws and both or How Shark and She Kills were both um, kind of spoofs of bad movies. Um, so I want to do some get back to doing some serious projects so that I was more well known for, you know, before um, She Kills. But eventually I'd like to venture back to, you know, might be a sequel to uh, House Shark. It might be a whole new, you know, uh, comedic shark movie. Who knows? But uh, um, but I'll definitely, I think, make something with sharks in it again. That's awesome. Um, so moving from sharks to monsters, what is your personal history with kaiju films? Um, you know, my love, uh, of, of like Godzilla movie started as a kid, like every Saturday morning I would get up and I'd watch all the cartoons that were on TV and it was, uh, somewhere between 12 and one. I think it changed over the years. Sometimes it was 12, 12, 30, one o'clock, whatever this, uh, monster movie matinee would come on. And that's where I first, you know, started seeing Godzilla movies. And I would often be like, Oh, please let it be a Godzilla movie. Let it, let it be a Godzilla movie over everything else. Now I loved you know, the other monster movies, too. I remember seeing Roger, Roger Corman movies on, um, you know, on, on Saturday afternoons. And uh, Creature of the Black Lagoon was one of my favorites. That was probably my favorite of, like, the, you know, the human-sized monsters. But, you know, Godzilla was the one. Um, and and as I, when I got older, you know, that love didn't go away. And I found that there was a lot of Godzilla movies that didn't play, um, you know, on the Saturday monster uh, matinee. So I looked them up, and then I started discovering that there was all you know these other um uh, you know like i discovered gamera and ultraman and um so but but that's where you know the love started it was strictly with god's and king kong i was a big fan of king kong too godzilla and king kong movies and any giant monster movies um that i was able to see as a kid um you know i used to take i never had like a godzilla toy as a kid um, well, eventually I think I did, but, uh, but I would take like the different monster toys that I had and one I'd pretend was Godzilla and one was King Kong or whatever. I'd play all my old, you know, monster battles with them. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's where it started and it, and it just, it never went away. You know, um, I still, um, you know, will look up new giant monster movies or look for old ones that I never caught, um. I subscribe to um, Toku.com. Is it Toku.com or is it Get Toku? I have it on my iPad, one that has all the Ultraman series on it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, the streaming. Some, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, to- yeah, Toku, yeah. Is it Toku.com? Mm-hmm. It might be GetToku.com. But anyways, um, uh, and I apologize to him for not giving them a very good plug. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of The channel is called also- Toku. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's cheap. I think it's like forty dollars for a year. So yeah, if, you, if you Google it, you should be able to find it. Um, it is tokuhd.com. Okay, there you go. 
And uh, I mean, a lot of the Ultraman series I hadn't seen. So, you know, it's been nice to catch up on some of them. And I gotta say, I mean, as much as I thought I knew monster movies, uh, I've, I'm so impressed with so many of the fans out there. And uh, they will, they'll post about monsters. Like, they know all the names. You know, <laughs> Like, I don't know all the names. I'm not that good at it. But uh, uh, but the, and they'll just have such knowledge of the history of these movies. Um, uh, it's really amazing when you look out there and, and really explore if you're just a guy and, you know, which a lot of mainstream, you know, audiences are, it, it's like when they discover the indie horror scene, you know, the shot on video movies, they always be like, Oh, I didn't know all this stuff was out there. I didn't know these types of movies were out there. So, you know, and like Shin Pai's movies, a lot of people refer to them as fan films, but I don't. I don't think them as fan films. I mean, you could call almost any movie a fan film because it's paying homage to something that came before. I view them as real monster movies. You know? Yeah, I, I wouldn't call anything that isn't fan film is when you make your own film with pre-existing IPs. Yeah, you know, like Star when, Wars. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I just call them indies. Um, well, at what, at what point did you decide, you know, Hey, there's actually independent kaiju movies that, that I could be putting out also. Um, I mean, I'd seen a few over the years had tried to track them down, didn't get much of a response. Um, but then, um, uh, Avery, who does my PR, Guerra, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we is know, yeah, we know Avery. Yeah, um, he he put me on to um, um, the Rigo and Raga movies and uh, uh, put me in contact with Shinpai. And uh, I hope I'm saying his name right because that's how I always <laughs> I haven't heard it actually pronounced uh, uh, out loud. So hopefully I'm saying his name right. But um, and uh, yes, yeah, so I got talking to him and and he was all for it. So, you know, that kind of started. So after that, I was like, you know, with, with being able to, you know, get Rigo and Raga, like out into Walmart and out to, you know, audiences throughout North America, that now gives me some leverage to now approach, you know, um, other ones, either lead. Sometimes people will post a comment and say, Hey, get this movie for release and I'll start researching it. Or Avery will say, you know, say, hey, you know, you should seek out this movie. And sometimes he has a lead, sometimes he doesn't. Or there's ones that I've thought of or found out about that I've, I've sought out. And a lot of it is dead ends, unfortunately. A lot of it is contexts that don't work uh, or don't exist anymore. Um, unfortunately, some movies had, say, like a agent or something at one point who no longer reps the movie and who, you know, doesn't have, like, they don't exist anymore. Or they don't have contact info or everyone's confused who owns the rights to it. So there's a lot of dead ends, but I'm constantly working on, you know, probably like a dozen different titles at any point. And it's frustrating, but when I can get one, um, you know, it, it's, uh, uh, you know, feels good. It, it's pretty exciting. So, so hopefully I'll have some more to announce soon, you know, okay. working on it. Are there any dead-end kaiju titles that you've tried to find that you would be comfortable telling us about? Uh, let me look at my uh, list here. Let me see what I want to reveal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said... Only stuff you're comfortable revealing. And if the, if that's nothing, that's okay, too. 
Well, um, you know, I have talked to um, uh, the gentleman who made Godzilla versus Wolfman just to express interest in distributing that. Um, and I won't even try to pronounce his name. I'm horrible with names. So, but um, that could, but that could get you in a tangle with the Toho it could. Folks, and I, right? one of the things yeah. I was trying to feel feel out with him was to what extent has he talked to Tohu? To Toho. Yeah, I, I, I remember and, him saying, and it's like I remember him saying a long time ago, like I, I've you know brought the idea to Toho and this and that. So maybe something could be worked out who knows Toho yeah the is key is for him to finish it i think and, <laughs> right, and yeah. you know first and <laughs> he said it's still a couple years away from being finished but once he had it finished if he was willing to do a deal then i could turn around and talk to toho and say hey what can we do to make this happen yeah they might just be like it's never gonna happen <laughs> it'll forever <laughs> right, be yeah. a fan film <laughs> but until he's done i'm not gonna even approach him yeah approach them so uh we'll you know we'll we'll see how that goes um i know i think it was this year he was supposed to be done with it and then when i talked to him about it you know he was still saying a couple more years so um again i am i'm not sure if it'll ever be done i'm not sure if there's a full feature there you know yeah yeah because i mean i've seen the rough of all the footage like on youtube yeah there's something like 30 minutes or so yeah it's real short and i don't get the impression there's more i mean if if he had the costumes, they, I would think they'd be pretty deteriorated now, yeah. and it'd be a lot of money to try to finish shooting it. So, but maybe if he fill, you know, maybe if he shot a bunch of human scenes, he could fill it in. You know, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. He wasn't real forthcoming on info. He was super friendly, you know, but uh, he just um, had said, you know, let's talk in a few years. He was interested, and we'll see how that goes. So, yeah. Um, the. Uh, uh, I mean, there's a few that are in production right now that I'm waiting, like Monster Seafood Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd love to handle that once it was done, but um, that's still shooting. Um, what else is... Uh, uh, Gahara, am I saying that right? Yes. And I, yep. he, yes. Those are both um, dead ends. Those are those are ones where Ugh, the different that's... parties I've talked to, either you know the contacts are dead and gone, or they don't know who... Who has the actual rights to release them? That's I would love to get both awesome. Yeah, I love Gihara, yeah. Have you guys actually seen the full features of both those? I what, what was the first one? Gihara and Iga G, if I'm saying it right. Um, Gihara, I have. And, uh, and yeah, G, I, I, I was never able to stumble on to a, a tra- like a s- subtitled version, so I never really watched anything beyond some clips. But I'd love to have both of those like on a good like U.S. Blu-ray. Um, they're both really good. Um, right, I haven't seen them. I've seen clips and trailers, but I haven't seen them. But they look amazing. Yeah, yeah. G- yeah. Gahara. If, if Gahara's not on YouTube, it, I it's somewhere on there. If I can find it, I'll send you the link. Um, oh, the full movie's on there. Okay, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's short. It's only like seventeen minutes. But the the oh, it the, is okay. I thought yeah, it was the, the Japanese release of it though has like. If you were to acquire it, the Japanese Blu-ray that's long out of print had a whole bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, oh, cool. cool! I'm not sure. I'm not sure what his English is like. But have you tried reaching out to the director? To I have. Um, he's only responded to me through a third party. Okay. And um, he's one of the. You know, basically his response has been, "This is who owns it." Yeah. And yeah, when I've gone that, and talked yeah, to who, yeah. who thinks who he thinks owns it, they've said we don't have the rights to it. So. Okay. Um, 
and, and they haven't, you know, sent me in any direction or seem to, I don't get the impression they even know who has the rights to it. Yeah. So they haven't been able to steer me towards um, the right person. So part, part of the reason I did ask you that, though, was like, because um, like we, a, a lot of our friends that are into into this kind of stuff, we were like, hey, we're interviewing Ron. Is there like anything you want us to ask? And like half the questions were like, ask him about this title. Ask him about this title. Ask him about this title. <laughs> sure. So like I can I could probably generate like a lengthy list of stuff that you could look into. Um, but yeah, I was wondering like, okay, if I did that, is there anything he already looked for? But um, I could I could I could like try and find some stuff for you to look at because like we sure. we love this stuff and the more eyes that they get in front of the better. So, okay, no, that's great. I'll... Yeah, yeah if you man. want to send me a list. I mean, you can mention some titles I asked about in particular, yeah. and I could say um, whether well, I'm well, still... All right, well, I'll, do, I'll, I'll rattle off a couple because, I, you know, I, I don't want to hold us up too much. Um, Howl from Beyond the Fog. Okay, I've been, I've talked to the filmmaker a few times and hoping that we'll be doing something okay. with it, yeah. Um, great Buddha awesome. Arrival. Uh, same deal. Okay. In right. talks, they're they're both doing the film festival circuit. Just you know, yeah, to yeah. first, and then once they're done with that, um, yeah, we'll see what their the options um, are. So. Uh, have you seen either of those? I've seen uh, uh, Buddha. Okay, um, yeah, I we saw that at G Fest last year. We we liked it quite a bit. Yeah, me same here. Um, I have not. I've only seen the trailers for Howl. Um, okay, but it looks Howl is wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's really, it really good, is. Yeah. Um, okay, I mean that's really all there is, but no, I'll uh, I'll I'll ask some of our friends that you know for some more obscure titles and you know knock on wood and throw them your way. Um, yeah, please feel free to mention. I mean, like, I've got a long list of ones that have been suggested. I mm -hmm. do I do read the posts in the comments, yeah. and okay. I'll make a note and I'll see what I can find out, um, or I'll ask around. Um, and uh, uh, like I said, they've you know nine have been unfortunately dead ends but yeah the hope is is i pick up more in a release and maybe word will start spreading I mean, a lot of these guys do know each other yeah uh, they may make mention to someone else like hey srs released our movie in the states you should contact them so or they might see that i released them in the states you know just in general and and been like hey you know i have my old movie let me uh let me see if they want to pick it up so as word got gets out there and and the line continues to expand. Um, hopefully, it'll continue to uh, uh, be able to build with that. And have, for lack of a better description, like more more strength to it. You know, yeah. more more leeway. You know, in in the market for these types of stuff. Because there's some bigger ones that I've um, I've approached, and uh, some of them I think don't view me as big enough a company, so they don't mm. even respond. You know, <laughs> like they're yeah. sizable productions, but they're not getting releases here in the states. So you would think maybe they would take a chance, you know, um, just to um, uh, uh, you know to develop a relationship and see if you know if, if I can do some um, decent numbers with it. Because when you when you have like a 35 millimeter production that has you know like a 4K master, or 2K master, you know ready and it's new and they have their you know their separate m e tracks so we can redub them um you know we could potentially it's not just walmart like we could potentially get like a cable tv deal or something like that you know so eventually um it'd be great to get to that point with these you know 
but I'll never stop picking up the small ones, so don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, no, uh, the, the, we, we love what you're doing so far. Um, Thank first, you. Uh, so um, your first tokusatsu release was actually Gun Caliber, from what I understand. Correct, uh, yeah. What was it like working with, you know, Garage Hero, the Garage Hero guys, and, and getting that uh, out there? Uh, Bueno's great. He's, um, we did, a, like, a... Uh, um, a FaceTime meeting to talk about the movie initially. Uh, he's always been a, a, a great supporter of the company in general. Um, super nice guy. I love what he does. Uh, I, was, I love gun caliber. I think it's hilarious. Um, it's been all around good relationship. Um, uh, he's done a lot of conventions. Um, he's been pushing uh, uh, Strega a lot. Uh, am, I this? am I saying that wrong? Right. I, which one? Yeah, Strega is sequel. Oh, is yeah, that how you yeah, say right? Yeah. Strega. Uh, he's been pushing that a lot. So he did um, a bunch of conventions where he was taking gun caliber copies to it. And I think he's going the self distribution route with Strega uh, on this one because of how much that he um, tours around. Of course, that might change now <laughs> with uh, with the way uh, things are currently. But you know, it, it, hopefully, the convention will start coming back next year, and and then he'll start popping up again. But I love Gun Caliber. I think it's such a fun movie. Do you have um, anyone who handles negotiations for you specifically in Japan? Uh, no, I mean, I do them pretty much myself. I may have to work with someone who can help, you know, interpret stuff. But um, but no, I do not have a specific contact in Japan, which would probably help if I could eventually get connected to someone who's like a rapper or... Um, or even like, you know, a lawyer or something, you know, if it eventually reaches a point that I could uh, afford to put that much into these movies or into pursuing the movies, uh, who can then go to the companies and talk to them directly. So, but that'd be part of the, you know, growing, growing the line down the line, you know, for now I got to do it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When you do put these movies out um, with the subtitles and the translations, do are, do you commission any any translations or do you just rely on what is provided to you by you know the filmmaker or whoever you're licensing it from? Uh, by and large, it's actually been the filmmakers who've uh, supplied them. Um, uh, the only one I had to um, uh, commission out was Oga uh, because uh, Shinpai hadn't made any subtitles for it. Uh, but the the other ones all came from like Norman England from um, the Idol. Um, yep. Uh, you know he's he's English. He speaks Japanese. He does subtitles sometimes for a living. Like you know he he did he already had the subtitles for that uh, made, and then he um, uh, matter of fact he sent them to me. I got to take a look at them. But uh, um, you know so he just he just went back and tweaked them a little bit, and and, and then I'll have to usually go through uh, and watch the movies. I mean I have I even had to usually I've, I've had to watch the movies and make sure the subtitles were syncing up and i'll occasionally do little tweaks if i think the meaning was off but for the most part i try to leave them alone because sometimes i like that um i like how the english and the japanese will you know interpret or that you know that the interpretation will have kind of a funny way of saying it but i I don't know i kind of find it interesting i wish i had an example to point out but maybe you understand what i'm saying yeah yeah um uh yeah, we actually we know Norman pretty well here. He's been on our show I think three times now. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Um, oh, another title that 
uh, is uh, from the 80s um, was one called Orochi Strikes Again. Uh, it involved Shinji Higuchi, who co-directed Shin Godzilla. Is that something that you know I have not of? Or... I have, okay. No, I, I have not pursued that one, so that would be a good one, too. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll, yeah I'll, get, I'll get a list. I'll get a list for you. Yeah, um, please do, definitely. <laughs> and, and I encourage any of your listeners to yeah. send titles. I will do my best to, uh, to pursue them. Um, just understand, you know, like I said, mostly it, it will be dead ends, but... Yeah. Um, but, but it doesn't mean it's a dead end forever. Like I said, you know, as, yeah. as, as the line uh, grows and say, I can afford to hire someone in Japan, you know, dead ends, I could have them pick up and maybe part of the problem with not, you know, like I was talking about with the, uh, uh, you know, with Gahara, like, the, you know, trying to convey to them like, Hey, who do you know who owns these rights and getting the response seems like, no, they don't know who owns them. Maybe once they sat down with somebody, you know, who's a rep, you know, who lived right in Japan, maybe they'll able to to get, you know, in deeper with these people and and you know, I don't know, maybe break out the old contracts or something like really go through them and and, and maybe that'll help, you know, turn up a lead that, you know, um look like it was non-existent before. Um have you looked into like um Maybe some of the, I go, I guess more obscure, maybe TV series or anything like that. I have. I don't want to mention which ones, but there are a couple. There's a couple series that um, that I have been trying to pursue. Um, I don't want to mention because, like Mill Creek, for instance, is a big competitor. Well, yeah, they, uh, like the they, Ultraman and yeah. yeah, they they have dibs on Ultraman. Well, there there's one that, and if this is one that you don't want to mention, you you do not have to confirm or deny anything. But uh, Mikazuki <laughs> is one that um, uh, I think would be interesting. It was that's like a not mini- one that it, I have pursued. Okay, yeah, it's it's a mini series. It's like five episodes or five oh, cool. one hour episodes. Yeah, if if you've seen the film uh, Zerum or if you're familiar with Garo at all, it's the same guy. Um, okay. his, it's uh, Kita Amamiya who actually designed um, Rego for Hayashiya's oh, first okay. film. So, oh, awesome. yeah, that that's a, a mini series. Again, I don't know who owns it or what how costly that would be, but that's another title that, like, on the U.S. end, isn't so as well known. It would, might be interesting. Um, yeah, no, there's one. There's one series. Um, um, unfortunately, the masters are kind of missing right now, and. And part of the problem with doing these series is, you know, you'd, it'd be costly to transfer all these masters. But like, I wouldn't want to mention that series because then, if one of my competitors, right, you yeah. know, <laughs> got, got wind of it, they might be like, "Hey, if he's pursuing this, we should look into this, and maybe you know, we can cut a deal." But I'm willing, from what I understand, talking to one company in particular, um, it does sound like Mill Creek, at least for the the small ones. And, and again, this is just secondhand info, so don't hold me to it. But it doesn't sound like they're either not offering very much or, or basically saying, you know, commission only basis. So, you know, I'm willing to offer some money up front. And then depending on how much the cost is, you know, it's adjustable depending on how much the cost is in terms of doing proper transfers if they have the original film, you know, masters too. Now, maybe... Um, they have all the beta cam, you know, SP masters, so everything's been transferred. That gives me a little more leeway. So, so maybe eventually, you know, I, I can pick up some of this stuff. Yeah. And... There's a, a Subaraya series called Bioplanet Woo, 
that I think NHK Japan has the actual rights to. Okay. So I, I doubt that that would be one that Mill Creek has. Yeah, the one I was, the, the, the I mean, there's a couple I'm pursuing, but the main one um, that I'm sure I could cut a deal on if they could find the math, they can get, get back their hands back on the prints. Okay. Um, they, uh, um, oh shoot, I forget, I, I dropped my line of thought. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot the point I was going to make there, but um, oh, but they—I was surprised when they told me that they—they they had actually talked to Mill Creek years ago. Mill Creek had approached them, um, so uh, I, I would have thought it was a smaller series, and they they would be interested in. But mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like they're going after—at least they were. I don't know if they still are. Um, you know, they were going after after um, series of all budget levels. So yeah, okay. Uh... <clears throat> so do you do you see um, Blu-ray becoming your default medium in the future, or are you sticking with DVD for the mainstream store versions? Well, I still sell uh, VHS. So. <laughs> that was actually my next. Yeah, that was my next thing. But um, yeah. my the response I usually get from the, the you know that the, the salespeople is, and it stayed pretty consistent. Is either release DVD or Blu-ray. They they found that the buyers. Um, don't really buy both for the movies that I'm releasing, you know, so they, they, they basically, the two formats will compete against each other. And with the expense of Blu-ray DVD still sells better with the, um, I'd be better off going DVD in terms of a wide scale release. Cause I mean, running like, you know, like to get these movies in the Walmart's a minimum of 18,000 uh, unit order. And, uh, you know, running 18,000 units on DVD compared to Blu-ray is a huge difference, you know. Oh, yeah. um, so, so, and these projects are risky even when they go into like a, a Walmart. We've, we've done pretty good so far, but, um, but I, they haven't done enough to, to justify a Blu-ray uh, a wide, wide release yet. So, I mean, the fact is I've, I've got Blu-ray still of Rigo and Raga. They sell great. And the new one, um, more than satisfied one, but they're limited edition runs of a thousand. They haven't sold out yet. So, um, and I know it would be easier if they could find them in the stores and get them a little bit cheaper. But uh, if I start seeing those thousand units selling out lightning fast, you know, then I'd be like, okay, now we need to consider taking this out um, on a wide, uh, mm-hmm. you know, on a, on, a, on a nationwide level. Yeah. Okay. So you heard that, listeners. If you want to get these movies on Blu ray, you got to get them online straight from SRS. Uh, I mean, as a movie guy and a guy that collects movies, you know, I always will go with the Blu-ray. So, yeah, I, I encourage people to buy those. And if not, go to Walmart and get, get the DVDs. Um, yep. You mentioned that, obviously, you have VHS still. So why do you think VHS sells so well? Like, I, Bird and I both know guys that are huge vhs collectors and it's actually pretty prevalent among the monster fans why do you think it it is that way the um what i found with the vhs it's a couple things uh one they like the art especially of the old titles and 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 and, i mean vhs relied a lot with horror movies on illustrated art you know when you go into the stores nowadays like dvds or blu-rays they want realistic looking art which is why we usually redo the art but you know, I'm a bigger fan of the illustrator art myself. So, the, so they they grew up and they love that stuff, or they've come across it. They didn't grow up going into video stores, but as you know, 
they found it like, you know, garage sales or stores or whatever, and they fell in love with the style art. It's bigger art. So a lot of them actually display it almost like paintings, you know, instead of hanging paintings up on their walls or they're, you know, rotating their VHS collection around. So certain ones will face out, you know, at certain times when they get sick of that, especially these guys have like, you know, hundreds or thousands of VHS They'll rotate them around, put different ones up front, or just put their favorites up front. But that artwork is great. It, it, it's like you know, modern paintings, and and um, uh, you know, even some of the rough, really bad artwork is great. You know, I even had done a contest years ago, one release for people to create like bad VHS art, and you know, the the winner would be the cover for one of the titles. But um, there's that. There's also, especially with horror movies from uh, the 80s and and for me personally like the european horror movies watching them on vhs they have a uh you know they 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 play a little rougher they're darker so so they almost come up with a little bit like scarier seedier in that format than than watching them on a you know crystal clear you know blu-ray um uh, uh release of it you know with the new hd transfer so so there's a certain charm I think to the look of VHS that fits certain movies. Um, and then as far as specifically like, you know, the, the, the Kaiju movies um, or uh, any, you know, monster movie, pretty much uh, they, um, uh, which means the same thing. So I just basically said the same thing, but anyways, uh, they, uh, you know, when you get a lineup, all those together, uh, uh, they just look great, especially like say with like the Godzilla series. You know, they they would re-release them and they'd have a specific artist, you know, for the lineup. When you get like all that one artist or all that one company's releases together, um, you know, they're pretty awesome. They're they're um, I don't know, they're just great to look at. They're great to display. Um. Attack of the Giant Teacher premiered at G-Fest last year in mm-hmm. July, and then it seemed like in two months' time, it was announced that you had the, the rights to release that. What what was the process in getting that movie? And, I mean, that's awfully quick. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember what the timeline was specifically if... Um, uh, I mean, we're obviously we're talking to him before g fest mm-hmm. uh, they, they didn't come together like that fast uh like we you know we didn't we didn't hear about it at g fest uh and that was uh um you know the early on ones that we acquired were all you know thanks to help from um from avery so mm-hmm. i think avery put us in touch with the filmmaker or he told me about the project at first and i watched the trailer and then put me in a gave me a contact for the filmmaker i think i was trying to remember if i found him on facebook of his email but um got talking to him he sent me over a screener watched it loved it said hey i'd love to release it here in the states um and and he responded he was super on he was like so excited to have it come out you know like a legitimate release in the united states so that one just came together pretty easily um there wasn't there wasn't a lot of negotiations he was just he was just uh happy to see it get released you know um does that answer your question yeah for <laughs> so sure. i hope these uh, are good <laughs> answers for you guys <laughs> no no you're you're doing okay. great um well with the uh what is it the the four and i guess with the idol soon to be five of your you know your more recent uh tokusatsu yep. releases 
Um, are there any l lessons that you learned throughout, you know, that first batch of releases or things that you said like, okay, this is maybe something we did that, that worked really well. And this is maybe sure. something that we, you know, can, can change for the future, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I do, you know, I do listen to, um, uh, you know, with the fans post, um, uh, there were some people who were critical of the, the subtitles being left justified, and um, I had said, you know, someone asked, like, why did you make them left justified? What was I thinking there? And, and, and I, had, I hadn't really thought about it. I don't know why it didn't dawn on me that most subtitles were centered. I watch a lot of subtitled movies, but I had left justified them because that left corner is, the, is like the place of the least amount of action in the movie. So I kind of like the subtitles off to the side where they didn't interfere with the picture at all. And I had no problem scanning my eye back and forth, but after people, it wasn't a ton, but it was, it was maybe a dozen people or less, um, had said like, you know, they liked center. They like it bothered and be left justified. I was like, all right, I'll center them. That's fine. Um, yeah. So, so centering the, the subtitles just out of, uh, or the captions out of just, um, um, you know, feedback from, from the fans. Um, uh, another, um, complaint was uh that uh the you couldn't turn the subtitles on or off and i viewed it like you know you could with your remote but who would want the subtitles off because it was a as a u.s release you know in, in in japanese language um so now um you'll start to see the option to turn the subtitles off if that's important to to the, you know the buyers and the fans and the supporters then yeah you know, it's just a little bit more programming will we'll take care of it. So, you know, so stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. Those aren't like major things. I don't think there's yeah. been anything major, um, uh, for me to, uh, uh, cover. Um, uh, you know, sometimes we get complaints over the picture quality, but, uh, but that's usually not our capture or author or hasn't been our capturing or authoring process. Um, that's just been the movies like with yeah, uh, Rigo. Yeah. Yeah, Rigo, we have an HD cam master. At some point, he made an HD cam master of the movie. I don't know if that was his first master or his ultimate master. Um, but, you know, I guess some people who complain that, uh, and I've heard this with all the analog movies, that these, you know, Rigo shouldn't be on Blu-ray um, because it's an analog, you know, it's an ST movie. But uh, my response to that is these movies still do look better on blu-ray over dvd you have less compression um uh, like with the the old shot on video movies that you're getting as close to the original master if not just as good um with an hd presentation of it over a dvd you know, i said the dvd compression you don't see as much details they really pop a little bit more on hd and, and so like with a movie like rego i'm i mean it's miles above some of these analog movies that are released. I'm I'm more than happy to put it on Blu-ray so people can see it the very best that they can possibly see it. Um, when it comes to bonus content, you know, extra material, is that also something that, you know, is this whatever, yeah, whatever the, 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 the people you get it from, whatever they give you? Yeah, that's been one of the toughest um, uh, parts of it because, um, None of them want to do commentary, which is understandable. Um, uh, they don't usually have a lot. Like uh, uh, Rigo and Raga, you know, there wasn't a lot of old material for it. We did get everything that he sent us. We were able to put it on there. 
Um, but like with Oga uh, Shinpai, I'm not sure what the, the situation was with it, but the basic re um, response was like, yeah, I'd love to have you release it, but you're just getting the movie. There's nothing extra with it, and there's not going to be anything extra with it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and of course, I was more than happy to get it, but I would love to have had some behind the scenes or something. Yeah, more I know that um, there's there's some behind the scenes uh, Rago stuff on YouTube, I think. Um, for Raga versus Oga, or no, no, for the first the for for the oh. first movie. Uh, if if I didn't get it from Shinpai, I didn't use it. Yeah. So I don't know if there could be stuff out there that he doesn't own, like someone else said. So yeah. I wouldn't know. The, yeah, it the could rights. be whoever maybe put out the Japanese disc or whatever. Um, did uh, was um, so I t did. Was he the one that sent you the that black and white? Uh, uh, no, I asked him if I could do that because we had nothing extra. <laughs> okay. And he was like, "Yeah, that sounds like a great <laughs> idea." I was like, "Yeah, you know, try to make it look like a." Uh, yeah, like, you know, the original Godzilla. Oops, sorry, I got alarm going. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, just made it black and white and added some uh, grain to it and, you know, uh, uh, and, well, more grain to it and and um, some dirt and um, and uh, it just thought it'd be a fun way, you know, okay. to view it. With, okay. uh, with Raga, we had that behind the scenes, but the, I, I wanted to get that... Um, I wanted to get subtitles made for it, and the quote was something like four thousand dollars because they, <laughs> there's so much talking in that. It's like an hour long, but there's so much talking in it, and a lot of it's real low. Uh, even to do um, uh, like with the with the subtitle process, which a lot of people don't realize, um, like when I was trying to find someone in Japan to do it, but I couldn't. But if you try to do it in the U.S., they first have to make um, Japanese subtitles for it, and then they then they um, will translate the Japanese subtitle. So they almost like double charge you. Um, so it just really, uh, it, it sucks just trying to get captions uh, made uh, for these movies. So when the filmmaker comes and he has them, it's a big relief. Yeah, uh, I, I saw um, another one that, I mean, it's not really something that bothers me because I feel like I can look up the information, but um, mm -hmm. like some of the opening credits not being subtitled and things like that. Yeah, if I didn't have them, the names, it was too hard to really try to... to uh, Converse with Shinpai and say, hey, can I get the names of the actors or can I get what this uh, this means? It was um, uh, he's pretty you know, he's, his English is pretty good. But when I, it starts getting real specific, um, uh, I tend to uh, it just the conversation just tends to get lost. So, yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately, yes, there is some of that sort of stuff that's missing. Yeah. And, and I don't always have someone like Norman who, you know, can provide all that stuff. Mm -hmm. so. Speaking of Shinpei, uh, I'm sure it would go nowhere, but Gamera 4, and uh, he also did a, a Godzilla, Godzilla vs. Death Gear Us, uh, were two fan films that he made. I'm just... The Gamera 4, um, I probably shouldn't reveal this, but I did pursue heavily. Yeah, well, I from what I hear, it's it's almost like a no, a, a, a stern no. Yeah, I even asks. made like a pretty solid offer on it, and and they uh, they were like, no. The deal was he made it just to be a fan film, mm -hmm. um, and to show like at you know uh, you know at, at conventions with him yeah. in attendance, uh, yeah. uh, but it could never be released. And yeah, uh, that's, what, that's what I heard too. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I, I love to have gone that one. That was one I pursued on my own, um, and and got in touch with all the right people, but. It's just, 
unfortunately it's just not happening yeah. so well um we're almost, i even yeah, asked uh, him i said hey if it's okay for conventions can i you know get it for like g fest or something after they had said it was only for conventions and they said they didn't even respond to that because so, <laughs> i'm like i just want to see it for myself as a fan I've yeah right i know yeah um and, and a quick note before i forget on um on oga um like i said i had no extras for it i I started off doing a film look version of it because because it, it doesn't have a film look version at all. The, the the you know the master that Shinpai provided, but um, in the process of converting it to 24p, like we added some grain and and brightened some of it, you know, to adjust for the grain and uh, uh, the subtitles went crazy. Sometimes it doesn't seem to make much of a difference adjusting it. It's weird. Like I can't really find the the rhythm into why it works like you know we can go from 30 frames per second to 24 frames per second or vice versa and the subtitles all stay in sync and sometimes they just go completely off um so uh in the process of making you know making that extra i was also we were having trouble with the uh the the, the blu-ray for some reason kept doubling in size and it wasn't fitting and we were already falling like a couple weeks behind getting it in i was still had a schedule but I, I wanted to get in extra early once, you know, the coronavirus had kicked. And I was like, I want to get this done and in stock as soon as possible so they can enjoy it while they're stuck at home. So um, uh, once we figured out that problem, then we were working on the film look master at the same time. There wasn't time to go back and re-sync um, up all the subtitles. It would have took like, you know, four or five days. So, and I still, I mean, I got in a week early and I could have maybe took the time, but it just, there, it just, there was just a ton of pressure. I was so afraid that if we didn't get it in that, you know, as soon as possible, that at some point it was going to hit a delay and suddenly be delayed like months. Like I wanted it in, so it was done and back to us as opposed to like saying, take another week and then find like so much was changing within a week. So we waited like a week. They yeah time you know this week and then we wait a week and they're like oh we're four months behind or something and and actually that is a problem right now like movies can't get replicated so walmart like for instance is hurting for titles because they don't have stuff for the shelves because things have gotten backed up like that so unfortunately there is i mean there is a film look version on there but it really just adds grain and, and brightens the picture a little bit it's not 24 frames so i have a feeling people aren't gonna be overly impressed with that extra <laughs> i apologize but maybe some of them will like that viewing of it a little bit better. I don't know. So okay. I meant to put that out there and I completely forgot. Not that it's promoted as being on there. So it's not like anyone's going to be like, give me my money back. But I mean, <laughs> I'm sure at some point someone's going to watch that and be like, hey, they only did this to it. And um, but but that's the reason they're just there. There wasn't uh, it, was, it was a very hectic sort of rush. And as it was, it still fell back a couple of weeks. Um, in terms of production, and I really had to get on disc makers to finish it up because it's it literally sat there for like a month in between them running the disc before they actually packaged it. Okay. Um, well, we're winding down. We only got a couple questions left. Um, well, okay. speaking of uh, our our friend Norman uh, with the Idol, uh, well, what what was it that let you led you to discover that film and just what what was that acquisition like and then also you know how's that coming along and when do you foresee it getting uh getting released um the, i i i knew vaguely the movie but i hadn't seen it until i actually talked to norman and he sent me a screener of it um and again it's a lot of fun i don't know if you guys have seen it i uh, yeah i've seen it i like it 
And uh, well, yeah, if you're friends with him, you probably have. Yeah, seen yeah. It. Um, and uh, talking to Norman was was easy enough. Um, uh, you know, there was no language barrier there. Um, he has a lot of extras that he's working on. Well, a decent amount. Um, there's a few things that he uh, that he's hoping to secure or has secured that he's gonna be sending over to me. The originally I had hoped to put that out in March, um, but out of uh, uh, you know concerns of potential delays uh, with replicating. Plus, I've been doing the sale where I've been just I've been marking the stuff down super cheap, so so it'll help me clear out inventory. I can keep my business rolling along and not get hit too hard by the <clears throat> by the virus. And then people get stuff to view. The, the The sale occupies a lot of my days right now, so. Instead of doing like two release a month, I've scaled back to doing like one uh, new release a month. Matter of fact, one tonight, you know, I just started pre-sales on it um, called The Glasshead. <clears throat> it's an old uh, super, an older Super 8 um, black and white uh, film that I had released back in the uh, 90s, I think it was, late 90s. Um, that is super hard to find now and people find it. They're paying like way too much for it. So I went back to the filmmaker said, hey, let's do a new release of this. But anyways, uh, so right now, the plan for the idol is May uh, to start pre-sales. Okay, so and I always probably. estimate like two, a couple. What's that? I said oh, so no, soon because it's May I, right now. Wait, wait, I, I misspoke. I'm sorry. I think there. Let me let me punch on my schedule here. The, Ron, the, time the play is nothing June. right I'm sorry, now. There, I think the I original, thought today was Tuesday, Ron. Don't feel bad. <laughs> Honestly, as I was speaking there, for some reason, I got in my head it was still March. Um, no, I'm sorry. The the plan for for the idol is is um, June. The, okay. the 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 the, um, the cover actually was done in May, but I haven't I haven't presented it yet. The illustrated cover it came out great. It's awesome. Um, so if everything stays on schedule, and actually I might start up and back up to two releases a month in June too. But if everything stays solid, um, then we will uh, start pre sales in June. I usually estimate about two months. Sorry, I got some alarms just going off my phone. This annoying. Um, I usually estimate about two months of pre-sales. Uh, you know, after pre-sale start, before um, you know, we actually get in hand and start shipping it. I that estimate in the past was usually way over. Like I'd usually have man within a month or six weeks tops. But with the way things are going now probably be about two months yeah uh but uh so hopefully if we can you know start pre-sales in june people will start getting their copies in august have you uh awesome. have you talked to norman about um only reason i ask is because i really like this film he made another movie called new neighbor have you talked to him at all about that title at all uh we haven't talked about it but i mean i i mean i could I'll, I'll probably bring it up to him sooner yeah. than later it's good but, I, I i um it, sometimes it, I like to wait until the relationship kind of gets established yeah. <laughs> before I pursue more. And sometimes I even like if they have a new movie, if I don't feel like I did well with their movies, you know, I won't I won't approach them for another one. Yeah. Um, some, and sometimes they just come back to me if it happens. And 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 sometimes, you know, I just I don't I don't like to disappoint the filmmaker. So I'd like to see Norman be happy with uh, what we do with the idol before um, before saying too much. But tell me about uh, tell me what you're going to say about the movie. Oh, um it it did get uh it got a german dvd release it actually had the idol on it as like a bonus feature but it's it's really good it's not like sci-fi or anything it's what i it, i would i would more describe it as like a an erotic thriller or suspense film but it's okay. it, it's really solid i i like it a lot um 
So yeah, I'll, maybe I'll definitely keep in mind. Maybe I'll ask him for a screener of it. I've, I've okay. not seen it. So okay. Um, I I mean I I tried to zero in on what does sell the best as much as possible, but a lot of times I do pick up stuff that I just like. And, and but it might be if I really like the movie, but I don't think I can sell it on a wide scale. I might be like, well, you know, Norman, let me try you know limited edition release for it, which. Some a lot of filmmakers love some filmmakers aren't into, so we'll see, you know. But again, I gotta see it. Maybe I'll think it, you know, would sell uh, on, a, on a wide, you know, release basis, or maybe I can come up with an angle like I do these SRS retro releases now, which they're not huge sellers. I'd be lucky if someone sells 500 units, but you know, it's a way of getting, um, uh, like the old Mark Polonia movies, which we mentioned earlier, like Death Reel and Channel 13. It's a way of, um, uh, getting them out to mainstream audience and getting them on DVD, which they've never been on, or, or some of them have never been on, and um, and 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 it, they actually it's for as few as they sell. I get a lot of great feedback for them. I'll get people who say, "Hey, I love your retro line." It makes me feel like they're selling a lot, a lot more than they are. Yeah. Um, with the amount of responses I get for them. So it's it's kind of cool to do it that way. There's very little, if any, profit, you know, in, in you know, doing a title that only releases, uh, only sells 500 units. But sometimes it's some part of the overall legacy. Like it's, you know, it's PR. You know, someone who watches that might go seek out a whole bunch of other titles on the website. Or down the line, you know, like I've been around for a long time and I'll get a lot of people come to me and be like, I remember buying your stuff as a kid or uh, going to the store every week. I mean, brother and I go to the store every week and, you know, look for your latest release. And and they, for whatever reason, got away from the company, you know, finished school, went to college, whatever. And as an adult, they're like, oh, yeah, I for, you know, I forgot about this company. I'm going to go look them up and they'll come back around. So that's part of, like, the legacy of, of, um, of, of releasing some of these movies that they can never find anywhere else awesome um so i have a couple last questions for you um sure what is your favorite of the films you've directed distributed and also uh, i think you mentioned this earlier but what is your favorite tokusatsu title in your current catalog um favorite of the movies that i've made um I'll make this a complicated answer. Yes, I, I feel like it, Clay is probably my best movie. Fully realized, it's very serious and it's very dark. Um, she kills, though, um, is probably the movie that got. I should say that's the movie that's probably um, closest to my vision in terms of what I pictured it looking like and what it came out like. Clay, I feel like, is more has a has a better story, is a more um, fully formed you know feature uh but probably the one that's the most fun is the one that sells the best is is house shark that's the one you know everyone seems to enjoy the most uh, uh and gets the most uh, uh laughs out of so uh in terms of movies i've ever released my favorite um again it would be hard to pick just one there's been so many that i, I that i personally love or i'm just super proud to have been a part of it if i if i Talk about just the ones where I've really just done the wide releases because I've done some limited editions, like you mentioned, uh, Russo's movies and or at least like um, um, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers from Fred Olin Ray. Um, not considering just those I did just the VHS on. Uh, I've always been a, 
a big fan of Killing Spree. Uh, I think the movie's a riot. It's so much fun. I'm surprised Asbestos felt didn't become like a major B movie figure. He's just uh, he's just so awesome in it. Uh, he has so many great little mannerisms that I just laugh my ass off every time I watch that movie. Um, I was a big fan of the Eric Stanzi, or still I'm, I shouldn't say I was. I am a fan of the you know Eric Stanzi and Ronnie Sorter movies like Ravage uh, and Savage Harvest and Ice from the Sun. Um, uh, the and, and and which leads me into um, uh, the the Toku movies. Uh, you know I I I've I've enjoyed every one of them thoroughly. Uh, and and I said earlier, you know, Attack of the Giant Teacher might be my favorite, but I'd have to say probably Raga is probably my favorite um, because uh, that's the one that reminds me the most of the Godzilla movies that I grew up on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of humor with some people don't uh, like, but I, I I thoroughly enjoy the humor of that movie, and the effects are just so great in that movie. Um, and and I I know he's got some digital effects mixed in there, but that's the one I feel like he relied the most on, and you know the the practical effects mm-hmm. for, and um, um, and you know I can uh, I don't get sick of, of of watching it, you know, anytime that. You know, happen to have you know it on, or or we're working on it, or something like that. So. Awesome. Well, listen, Ron, it's been great having you on. Um, where Thanks, can guys. people find you, contact you, anything you want to plug? We want to make sure we give you opportunity for that before we head out. Uh, definitely, you know, srscinema.com or the srscinemastore.com. Um, you know, check out the sale. I've got hundred plus titles, super cheap. Um, you know, cheapest price I've ever offered Matt, just uh, to help um, everyone get through the, uh, uh, um, you know, this, uh, the, the coronavirus, uh, this whole pandemic, um, you know, helps me out with more sales. It helps you guys out movies to watch. Um, definitely keep supporting, uh, uh, you know, these, uh, these indie uh, Kaiju movies. Um, it, it helps, it helps grow the line, helps grow the company. And in turn, like in turn, like I said earlier, Maybe it'll help me acquire some bigger stuff um, down the line, or some rarer stuff, or get in position to uh, um, uh, to seek out, you know, those those super rare ones that you figure never never is going to get a legitimate release, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just help, it helps open up more doors. And like I said, I'll always, even if I manage to pick up, you know, some movie that's made for a million dollars, I'll still be more than happy to pick up, you know, the, the movie that was made for less than $10,000 uh, um, because uh, uh, I'm as big a fan of these movies as you guys are. Um, and so Blu-rays and VHS is available at your website, DVDs for Rago and Raiga at Walmart. And um, Rago's that- actually out of Walmart now. Oh, okay. It was earlier in the year. But House Shark and Raga are in there now. Okay. Rigo, we hope, would go back in um, when the new Godzilla comes out. But, uh, you know, there's so much. I don't know if, uh, I don't know what you guys think, but I have my doubts it's going to be out in November. Oh, um, yes. I, don't have gonna, yeah, I don't think so. It's, I think it's going to get pushed out again. But um, And then, now, correct me if I'm wrong, just so I want to make sure listeners know, Attack of the Giant Teacher, that one had a smaller run. So that's a more limited release. Am I wrong? It is. Um, okay. And uh, it's going to end up topping out at 300 when it's all okay. said and done. Okay. So um, if, if you want that one, get it now before it's yeah. gone. 
Okay. And we have not yet lined up the wide release. Part of these, um, like originally I was going to do, you know, Raga versus Oga, Attack of the Giant Teacher in November or, or October, um, you know, around the new Godzilla to help. It helps, you know, because these stores will be looking for, you know, other, uh, uh, you know, similar movies or other monster movies to, to put on the shelves to, to meet the demand that Godzilla versus Kong would generate. So, um, but with those up in the air, I'm not sure, you know, what I, I need to talk to my salespeople. Do we, do we try to put them out sooner and get them on the shelves, at, you know, months ahead of time, or do we try to wait and, and try to time it closer to those releases? So the DVDs like of Attack of the Giant Teacher and Ogum might be, it might be a while, um, unfortunately, yeah. you know, so, um, um it, I wish they were ready now because we, we probably could place them on some major shelves, you know, with the with lack of demand, but you know, things will start catching up, I would think by, uh, October, November. So, um, the shelf space will be a little more limited. And if we don't have something to help, you know, uh, us, you know, get that leverage in the door to ride the coattails of a little bit, um, then, it makes it a little harder, you know, to, or to, we just don't, we'd love to get, you know, um, okay. yeah, especially um, for the filmmakers. So. And where can people find you guys on social media? There's an SR Cinema Facebook uh, page that is probably the most active of any of the social media platforms for us. So definitely follow us or cinema, um, but you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. They're both pretty active there. Um, um, I just found, uh, for the most part, it's, it's easiest to interact with the fans, uh, on Facebook. So, uh, yeah, look us up there or just like I said, go directly to the websites. Um, uh, the, the Facebook page though is the one for the latest info. Like if you just you sometimes I'll post updates there or via the newsletter, which also gets republished to the page that'll say, Hey, this is where we're at on this title. Like, you know, it's now shipping or it just came in the stock or, or we're expecting it in two weeks because you know I'll get people, especially with Oga taking like longer, who'll you know drop me a you know a direct email or drop the company a direct email and say, hey, you know what's the update on this? And it takes it'll take a while to respond to all those individual comments. But if they follow the Facebook page, they would know where they're subscribed to the newsletter. They would have already known you know where we were at at that. So so if you really want to stay up to date on the titles, those are the places. Awesome. Well, listen, it's been a blast, Ron. Thank you so much for giving us your time, and you've been very generous with it. Um, anything yeah, else pleasure. from you, Bird? No, I think I think we're good. It's just, again, thanks, Ron. And, I mean, honestly, on behalf of, you know, the fans, I mean, we, we really appreciate you bringing these titles to us. Um, there's so much out there that we don't get to see, and uh, just to have someone really picking up that flag and running with it is is just great so thanks again well, thank and thanks for your time and uh yeah i mean we'll we'll be following and and supporting your releases um and i'll be i'll be happy to do so thank you i really appreciate it like i said the fans have been great and, and hearing from guys like you guys um um you know firsthand it does it does mean a lot um and uh and and the support you know like you guys and the other fans just spreading the word and stuff has been awesome so uh, it you know sometimes with the the horror stuff. I mean, I get a lot of great supporters of the horror, but you know, there there, there tends to be you know a significant amount of haters. But with, right. with the with these <laughs> movies, uh, there's there's always a few haters. You know, with anything, but they've uh, uh, the the outpouring of love for these flicks is you know is definitely um, 
made it that much more fulfilling. You know, I've really, I really loved doing them just as first of being a fan, but also as being a distributor and seeing the fan response. So, right. and, um, yeah, next few days I'll, I'll, I'll get together a long wish list <laughs> for you to yeah, please you know, do, see what man, you can definitely. do with. And, uh, and, but yeah, no, thanks again. You are, uh, uh, just have, have been a blessing for, for this genre, um, with, with getting this stuff out and, Thank you. I hope to keep bringing them um, to you. And hope, hopefully, announce them more soon. Uh, all right. Well, all right. Well, thanks again, Ron. And um, yep. yeah, good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.